Hey everybody, we back again. We back live. I'm Spencer, and of course we have our licensed clinical therapist, Nas. Doctor Nested Draws Nas. Professional. Yep, that's what they called you in college. <laughs> Nested Draws. That's what they call me now. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> And this is the Different Spectrums podcast, where we talk about movies, shows, and the mental health aspects that surround them. Uh, we also like to have some laughs, so don't take us too seriously. Or do. It's up to you. There you go. Also, don't forget to run up those likes for us. We'd really appreciate it. So, before we get into it, we have a couple sponsors. Bub's Naturals. That's one. Second, Cure Hydration. Nice. How delicious is Cure Hydration? I got, I got it in there right now. The lemonade, um, pretty yeah. good. Had the orange the other day. Enjoyable too. I got one of the starter kits the other day. Uh, mm -hmm. So remember, if you folks want to get the starter kits to try out some of the different flavors, what what's the code, Spencer? What's the code? Tell the people the code. It is DSP twenty, where you get twenty percent off your entire order. That's twenty. 10, 20. Wow. Good for you. Yeah. Uh, and thank you for Bub's Naturals for sending us a nice care package uh, with some apple cider vinegar gummies, which are actually pretty good. Um, and then I use the collagen protein powder every day. Uh, just put in some hot chocolate and drink it all up. So I don't drink coffee. So There you go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you, Cure Hydration, and thank you, Bub's Naturals. Once again, use the code DSP20 to get 20% off your order today. Yep. Anyways, with that out of the way, today we are taking a look at the Netflix three-part series, Arnold. Yes, uh, focuses around Arnold Schwarzenegger um, and his three different uh, paths that he has been on um, for the last... Oof, forever 60 70 years yeah 70 years yeah um so we are going to be talking about vision we're going to be talking about passion uh dealing with emotions and beating the odds because this dude beat a lot of odds yes like demolished the odds. yes and now he's probably one of the most famous people ever in the world so um yeah, so we'll be delving into those scenes. Uh, Nas, anything before we get into the clips? Uh, as always, much appreciation to all our fans. Uh, there's a ton of you now downloading the podcast, and love, love, love all of y'all, man. Much appreciation. Remember, uh, we've got some polls open and some questions open now on Spotify. Only Spotify can can use it, so not the Apple folks. Um, but go ahead, fill out the comments. I got a bunch of cool questions in there. Uh, obviously, shout out to folks in Cali, Jersey, Minnesota. Those are the yes. folks that are coming in hard. Looks like, looks like we're starting to get a little pickup in Texas, not Michigan, but Texas. So, All right. interesting. Uh, yeah. and then of course the link tree. There's tons of goodies in there: self help assessments, worksheets. Hell, I mean, I probably got 150 coloring worksheets in there if you just want to color or do or dot to dots just to relax. Dot to dot. Yep. Nice. Um, but I'm excited to get into the scenes. 
uh, it's going to be a hodgepodge of some scenes that are about visuals, uh, focus. Um, and then we're going to get into two specific things about emotions, uh, kind of putting them away. And then another one about letting them out. Uh, so mm-hmm. it should be a pretty good podcast, pretty good visual for a lot of people, specifically, um, people just dealing with emotional issues. And a lot of my athletes that are like very focused on a goal and how do you get started mm-hmm. on a goal? So let's get into it. Let's check it out. Yes. Oh, actually, before we get into it, What's up? we do have some guests coming on to the show this month. And so some of them are from the United States. One of them's from Canada, apparently. There's Maybe. one from Canada. I know there is. All right, sure. You weren't sure. You're like, ah, they're from Canada. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, so, you have a few guests that are going to be coming on, um, and we're going to be talking to them, and we're going to be continuing our guests that we've been having on the show, which have been working out pretty well. So, yep. we got can't wait to get into it. Lilo and Stitch coming up. Soul coming up. One of them wanted to do Harry Potter again, so we got a bunch of stuff. Lord of the Rings coming up. We're doing some throwbacks. Yes, throwbacks. Some throwbacks. Yes. Exciting? All right. Whoop, whoop. 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 Whoop, whoop. Hey, everyone. Before we get into the show, please check out our collaborator, Bubs Naturals. They sell a variety of health and wellness products, including collagen peptides, MCT oil powder, coffee, apple cider vinegar gummies, and other amazing products. Go to bubsnaturals.com and use our code DSP20 to get 20% off your entire order. I just ordered their apple cider and vinegar gummies, and I'm excited to try them. If you are looking for a high-quality, all-natural health and wellness product, Bubs Naturals is a great option. The company offers a wide variety of items that are designed to improve overall health and well-being. So go check them out, and remember to use our code DSP20 when you check out. And with that, let's get into the show. I saw my career in front of me. I saw myself on that Mr. Universe stage. I just had to replace Rich Park's head, put my head on it, and stand there with the trophy and flex my muscles. And I saw the thousands of people in the auditorium, in the theater, screaming, Arnold, Arnold, Arnold. It's not a fantasy. It's not a dream. It's not, fuck the dream. What are you going to do with the dream? I mean, you have to have a clear vision. And when you visualize something very clearly, you believe that you 100% can get there. So there was a lot of things that I had to learn, obstacles that I had to overcome, including the biggest obstacle, when everyone says, no, it can't be done. Why did you give up? Well, because my vision didn't talk about giving up. My vision was climbing that mountain. Can you give me the lighter? A lot of times people only pay attention to success. But the reality of it is, is besides all this great success that I enjoyed, it was a struggle. It maybe comes out sometimes in my life later on, those feelings, you know, but I don't know. But I've been training myself to do that, not to be affected by anything else from the outside. I mean, I'm not an expert. 
in psychology or anything like that, all I can tell you is, is that when you're a person that has always a goal, that always has a mission, the less time that you have to think about how do I feel the day? Am I depressed the day? Do I feel sorry for myself? Have I become a victim? Oh my God, I feel so bad about myself. And always, I don't have time for this crap. A lot of times it's people that don't work enough. And you're busy all the time. You don't have time to think about this stuff. Let's just move forward. Let's go move, move. Bob Rafferson just did five easy pieces and easy rider and he did a lot of famous movies. He was a really hard director. He did not guarantee me the role. He said, in a few months from now, let's do a test. In the meantime, go to this acting class. I got a call from Bob Rafelson, and he said he has an actor who has never really acted dramatically before. Would you work with him? For the first six weeks, I found out everything I could about Arnold's life. Tell me about your father. Tell me about your mother. Tell me how it was growing up in Austria. Don't just talk about it. I want to know what you experience when you talk about it. How do you feel? I realized that there are certain things that are missing in me. I guarded myself so much. There are no emotions really there, or they're there and they're hidden away and they have to be brought out in order to be a good actor. As soon as my emotions bother my training, I turn them off. I have to let my mind know that it is okay to have them come out. When I went to the office of Bob Rafelson, in the middle of the scene, Bob says, my hair stood up. I got goosebumps. You in. Hey, people, we are back. We're back. And we're live. We're live like a, like a, like, like a newborn. That's, that, at least it's Where alive. Where did it come back from? It's a Jesus situation because you know it's dead okay. and it, now right. back. He See? has risen. I understand. Three days. Three days I'm I back. Gotcha. Coming for you. Three, <laughs> Three days. Three days. Three days. <laughs> all right. Well, that cemetery all over. This podcast, surprisingly, but um, <laughs> yeah. it could be. All right. So, just watched uh, a few scenes from the series Arnold, and. Uh, yeah. And uh so if you don't know who Arnold Schwarzenegger is, um he is originally from Austria. Um was known for his uh pretty much his bodybuilding um competitions that he would won. He won so many bodybuilding competitions, ridiculous. Um just beat everybody everybody like the best of the best um and then he came over and started doing movies um had a uh, had a tough time getting into it since he didn't really speak english and he had a very heavy accent um and so uh, through perseverance he started working on it started um started really getting into um acting uh, as a whole um and really started learning the language and just uh kind of integrating himself in american culture um and then 
you know, he blew up from there. He started doing the Terminator, all those Terminator movies, uh, True Lies, Kindergarten Cop, Conan the Barbarian. Twins. Twins. Twins yeah, one of his one. more famous ones, yep. Yep. And, yeah, and he's just been, and Predator. Can't forget Predator. That was a good one. <laughs> Dylan, you son of a bitch. Do How I are you? Cool down. <laughs> Come on, what are you waiting for? Great movies. Lunch. Uh, <laughs> and with that, now, and then he went to politics. So they're really delving into the three parts, which was mainly his bodybuilding, his acting, and then his more political career that he went to because he was the governor of California. Yep. Um, so a little bit, a little bit of a vague background for him, um, but uh, really love this series personally because uh, I'm a huge Arnold Schwarzenegger fan. Uh, grew up with his movies. Uh, can't forget Jingle All the Way, my favorite. My favorite. Uh, Turbo Man. Turbo. <laughs> Which we did a podcast on. So if you want to go look at that, Turbo Man out now on. Go. Different special podcast. Jingle all the way, but yes, Turbo Man will make an appearance. Oh, uh, you're right. Sorry. Jackass. <laughs> I'm keep searching Turbo Man. There's nothing. <laughs> Turbo Man on your thing. Well, it's on there somewhere. <laughs> Jesus. All right. So all right. So we take a look at a few scenes. Um, specifically in these first ones. Um, he's talking about visualizing. He's talking about um he sees that he has a clear goal and he can see it he can even hear the goal um honestly this is for this scene it's pretty amazing to like really kind of see him break down what he was thinking all those years ago and what he kind of saw for himself um so when he was young in austria uh, in his town it just like all you did was live and die in that town and arnold thought he could do better than that he thought he could go somewhere else and become bigger than that and so um, he starts getting into bodybuilding and um, he even puts up like different instead of putting like women or any of that stuff on his wall he puts posters of all these men who are um more into bodybuilding yeah calm down just these Dude. luscious bodies just waiting to be oiled yeah mm. and it's fair to say his parents did not think he was straight <laughs> hey hey what are you gonna do it was like the fucking 50s 60s probably yeah early early 60s if not late yeah. 50s yeah so i mean what are you gonna, you're gonna be like, son, what the hell? What's going on here? Yeah. You got something to tell me, man? Anything? No? Okay. Yeah. Um, and so he has that visualization. He wants to become these people. Um, he loved watching his hero who who played Hercules, used to watch him and be like, I want to be just like him. And then he actually does, and he actually gets to live with him, uh, train with him, and become friends with his hero, longtime hero, which you obviously a lot of the times you don't ever get to do that and so um yeah so Nas, what were your how'd you feel about this scene first of all what were your what were your first reactions yeah so the first thing that we're going to show and then there's a couple other ones about visuals uh but the first one 
I was like, we got to do this uh, because yeah. this is what I'm trying to get people to think about or relate to. I mean, I was just mm-hmm. talking to a human the other day. Uh, actually, I was going the opposite direction because they've already kind of been traumatized by something. Uh, and mm-hmm. so I'm like, okay, so now we need to do some visuals to get you to relax and calm down, desensitize to this one thing. And right. so we start talking about, you know, free throws and, and there's, you know, as a soccer player, um, mm-hmm. well, you know, they play soccer. So, and we talked about you, cause I don't watch Ted Lasso now. So, you know, when you're on the pitch and, and, and you, and you, and you're kicking, you're kicking a ball. You know what? For a show that's all about soccer didn't really talk about soccer or showed that much soccer in the they, show. They really did not. Um, yeah. But I used the word pitch in there, and I was like, I feel really good about this. Um, I got this. And we were talking about, you know, kicking goals, shooting free throws, and how visualization helps and statistically right. makes you better at doing those things. Uh, so I knew that we had to do that scene. I was excited because I'm like, this is this is good. So that's mm-hmm. pretty much what I wanted to talk about is how we can implement visualization in a practice to get you out of a funk um, and maybe help out with depression, uh, motivation, stuff like that. So that's kind of where I was thinking. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, did you, so first question that we have from Robert D Robert D um, how do you work with clients that say they don't really have a purpose or a vision in life? And uh, does visualizing help with that? Uh, so kind of depends on how you go with that, right? So you can't really work on a lot of visuals if they, you know, if I could say, like, hey, man, so what do you want to be when you grow up? When they're like, man, I'm like mm-hmm. 19, 20, 30. Yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah, so you're still not grown. Well, fuck, what do you want to be when you're like, even me now, what do you want to be when you grow up? I don't know. I'm like, okay. Uh, so before we start the visuals, you usually have yeah. to figure out what's the passion, what's the goal, what, what's the what's the destination or the end point. So Arnold always had something in mind. He always had like a, a pole to run to, an ending to run to, a, mm-hmm. a checklist, uh, a checkpoint if it's in a video game, right? So and then you shake and save and then you can finally quit at 2 a.m. Um mm-hmm. So that's the first thing is finding out what you want to do somewhat with a career or your vocation, occupation. Most people don't really know. They just kind of look at their skills that they got and then they kind of vibe off of there and try to like find their way in life. Uh, I also like to tell students, you know, it might be this one thing right now. And then like five years from now, it might change Uh, for like me. I, I thought I was going to be a physical therapist. Things changed. Couldn't get to that program, so I became a counselor. I didn't know I was going to end up working with college students. I wanted to work at high school students uh, and just help high school students and athletes and do some coaching and have, like, the time of my life. Uh, I got kicked out of an internship uh, because they said I was inappropriate because I was, like, having the students actually connect to me and talking about video games instead of just, like, mental health. And we were bouncing basketballs around, right? I mean, we were just having a good time driving around. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't seen that I was that professional. And uh, it was all black students. And I'm like, okay, white lady. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's a different way to go about this. But I ended up getting kicked out of that. Uh, and then I got put into a college, higher ed counseling center. 
Mm-hmm. And now that's it. I've been another college, another college, and I'm at a big university, and we'll see where life goes. Why do I bring this up? Because the goalpost, the mark, has been changing. And so now, right, I might get this big job, which it doesn't look like I'm going to get it. So maybe I'm going to go to Michigan and open up my own practice and work with neurodivergent autism for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll give back to schools. You know, maybe I'll do the podcast stuff and then and then hire more people to do the neurodivergent stuff. Maybe I'll do training and outreach and try to help everyone figure this stuff out. Don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, there's a passion. The passion is to help. The passion is to support. The, the passion or the goal is to make sure people don't suffer like I suffered mentally when I was younger. The goal is just to make people smile. So I can break this shit down all the way down. The goal is to make sure people smile when they leave my office and they don't want to die. Mm-hmm. That's it. But a human sits in front of me, they don't know what they want to do. And so sometimes I'll say is a trick. It's a, it's a good trick. What do you hate? Like, what the fuck does that mean? What do you hate? Do you hate pollution? Do you, hopefully you don't say brown people. You say brown people, you can fuck them off. <laughs> There is a white hood in your future, probably. Yeah. I see some tiki torches. Okay. Oh, wow. They got them on sale. Um, (laughs) Arts and crafts. Uh, What do you dislike? Do you dislike uh, sexism? Uh, Like I said, is it pollution? Is it, do you dislike the way people are treated in the workplace? Do you dislike uh, classism? Or like, what do you dislike? What do you hate? Because usually we can figure out, shit, I'll just do the reciprocal of that. Um, I really don't like when this happens in the world. Oh, okay. Well, now we'll try to make that not happen in the world. Um, and then we try to go off of talents. Right? So I remember there's this there's this clip. Might actually be good to do one day. Definitely going to be copyrighted. Um, with Steve Harvey, where he talks about using your gift. And your gift isn't just reading and writing. A lot of you on mm-hmm. here got probably some mental health issues. A bunch of you probably going to be neurodivergent yourself on the autism spectrum like us. Um, so your gifts might not be to reading and writing. Like sometimes I can't even say words normally. Right. And people were laughing at me when I hung out yesterday because I said a lot of weird shit in the opposite. I flip-flopped a lot of words. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe it's not reading and writing. Uh, maybe it's not math. Maybe it's not science. Maybe, maybe you just got a really strong worth ethic. Maybe you're creative. Maybe you're good at drawing. Maybe you love washing cars. Maybe you love just water and plants. I don't fucking know. Maybe you love cooking. Um, whatever it is, you can maybe like perfect it like he did mm-hmm. and make it into an endpoint. You have to figure out what you like and what you don't like and then try to have some introspection on what that is. Then we can set the goalpost, and then we can run towards that son of a bitch. Um, so visualization, it's a really good tool, man. Really good tool to start doing what Arnold did. And he's talking about, like, I can see it. I'm on stage, and I'm flexing my muscles, and I can see the crowd out there cheering, Arnold, Arnold. And he talks about it again, Spence, where, you know, I see myself in these movies. I'm not just going to be a good actor. I'm going to be a star. Someone yeah. could say maybe that was narcissism. No, this is a dude that believes in himself, that has mm-hmm. faith in himself, and he doesn't know how long it's going to take. It took him five years to get a movie, like a real movie. Yeah. 
So there's no promises. Students will say, well, how long until I catch my break? I don't know. It might never happen. But if you quit, you guaranteed it didn't happen. If you quit, you yeah. guarantee you won't get that job that you wanted. Takes five, six, seven, ten years. They're still going to call you doctor at the end. It's the same thing I told a student the other day. Still going to call you a doctor. Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to take me another two extra years. Still going to call you a doctor. Um, you'll still have your bachelor's degree. You still will be there like the rest of them. It just took you longer. A student said the other day, am I just always going to suffer? I'm just always going to suffer. Life will never be good. He says, not true. You don't know that. But it's always been so hard. You're so close to touching greatness, you have no fucking clue. I just need you to, to, to ride this out with me two more years. There's a vision, and I need some of these humans to vision that success, happiness can actually be there. Like the homie I used to talk to, I said, you visualize yourself being happy? He said, I can't even fucking visualize tomorrow. I want to die now. You telling me about three years from now? Go fuck yourself, Nas. You telling me to be happy? I didn't tell you to be happy, asshole. Mm-hmm. So can you see it? I can't see it. I said okay. When they graduated, I said, "Can you see it?" He said, "Yeah." Mm-hmm. I said, "Yeah." Visualize it, folks. Especially those of you that are very competitive, like uh, me and Spence were talking about before this. Um, yep. I've seen it with some of these Heisman Trophy winners, like Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston. They will. These are older Heisman Trophy winners, uh, quarterbacks. On their bunk beds, because they had bunk beds in college, and they would put all conference, right? Heisman Trophy, win the Pac 10, win the ACC, right? Get to a bowl game, right? They would have everything that they wanted to do, and they would stare at it every night. And when they woke up, boom, it's the first thing they saw. Wow. Visualizations, it's the same thing that Arnold did. The only thing yeah. I'm embarrassed is that there was a boxer, a black boxer, on his bed. I thought it was Joe Lewis. It wasn't Joe Lewis. Uh, I don't know who that boxer was that he posted up on his in his bed, but I know he's an That's extremely true. famous boxer. Yeah. Um, I can't think of the name. I know it wasn't Sonny Liston, uh, but it was interesting to see that he had a boxer on there. Um, he was always fascinated by Americans, American boxer, but visualization, a wonderful tool. Because you already, technically all of you got probably got anxiety. You're already visualizing all the toxic shit that happens, all the scary mm-hmm. stuff. You're already staying up midnight, 1, 2 a.m., visualizing every horrific scene. I was talking to a human today. And everything that they see, I said, just give me a second. Isn't there a chance that it ends up good? No. How do you know? You don't know. You can't 100% tell me that this bad thing will happen. They say, I'm a, I'm a terrible person. I said, who's told you you're a terrible person? Well, no one. None of the people that you know have said you're terrible. Well, my, it's just my personality. I said, it's up to others to judge that, that if you're a good person or not. I don't know if me and you get to get to say that. I, I don't get to say if I'm a good person or not. I feel like that's up to how the world will perceive some of the things that I do and how I treat others. Well, I treat myself poorly. I said, it doesn't necessarily make you a bad person, kid. Can you visualize yourself being a good person? Maybe. Sometimes visualizing Spence is just about thinking the opposite of all the shitty things that you thought in your life. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's about shooting free throws in your brain to get better at it. Sometimes it's about seeing you as the biggest, baddest bodybuilder, the biggest, baddest actor, 
And holy shit, the governor of one of the largest states in America. Yeah. The, one of the highest economic GDPs. The California's GDP is higher than most nations in the world. Um, interesting. Visualization with tenacity and some good luck can get you a long way. Not to mention the fact that English is his second language. And so came into a state to where, you know, he could have literally, I mean, he was going against people that were just doing it just to get attention and things like that. Um, but he wanted to be part of that. He wanted to be a governor to really try to evoke change. And yep. um, you could really see that, especially with his staff they put together and things like that. Um, and he even showed his failures. They failed the first year um, or so. And it was like, all right, well, then I got to change things up and we'll try again, see what happens, you know, next year. So his visual was to help the people. Yeah. Because I'm going to be for the people. Forget the party stuff and all this politic and stuff. And so he did some good stuff, fell on his face. Then he got some Democrats to come with him as a, as he, as a, a California's only Republican governor yep. in their history. Um, and he got a lot done because it was for the people. That's what he said. That's what he's trying to do mm -hmm. um, as a center, uh, centrist Republican or, or technically centrist uh, politician. What is your visual? Some of you are going to say money. Some of you are going to say happiness. As a human said recently, I just want to be alone in my hut in a forest and no one bother me because humans are terrible. I said, well, there you go. That's fine. Nothing's wrong with that. Yeah. She said, I got to have money, though. I said, you don't need no money. Get a fucking tent. <laughs> I said, that's how they do in California now. Just get a tent. And they just looked at me because they're also neurodivergent. And they're like, are you joking? I'm like, I'm really not joking. You want to make this shit happen? You want to be a vagabond and beg for some money? I mean, we can do this. Yeah. Um, people always think that I'm going to judge them when they say some wild shit. I'm like, well, fuck it, let's do it. Yeah. If that's your visual to be happy, let's do it. That's technically not their visual. Their visual was they want to love themselves and they want to have a job. But because they are scared of humans, then... They wanted to be alone. The visuals can change based on your depression, based on your anxiety, based on whatever the hell's going on. The visuals can change. You get the anxiety and depression out of the way, you might be seeing different things and, and wanting different things. If Arnold was to sit in his depression, because we're, we're going to talk about it in a little bit here, some of his traumas, mm -hmm. he could have gave up, bro. Could have gave yeah. up a long time. He could have gave up when all the trauma and yelling and abuse was going on in the house. Yeah. Uh, Arnold had every reason to give up. Whether you like him or not, whether you whether you like white folk or not, a man or not, you got to kind of respect the things that he did and the tenacity. You got to put respect on it. It's like same thing when you like hate certain athletes like Tom Brady or LeBron James. You got to still have respect. And I hate Tom Brady. And I hate LeBron James. So look at that. <laughs> I mean, technically, I always hated LeBron James, but then I, as I got older, I'm like, you know what? I respected him. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, let's. I, I love the Celtics because of Kevin Garnett. Hated Kobe Bryant because he was on the Lakers. Uh, but grew to respect him because he, he got had that work him. ethic, and he was just a winner. 
He was a winner. Yep. So I respect it. Um, yeah. yeah. Right. Next scene. Sure. Uh, so next scene, uh, Arnold is talking about uh, uh, depression and how he kind of deals with it or doesn't, I guess, um, and you could say in some ways. Um, so kind of a backstory, Arnold grew up in a, a abusive home with his father. Um, his mom, I believe she had some type of like ADD or ADHD or like even OCD, probably OCD, um, where she would just like fold everything like the perfect way, put it in the cupboards and then like scrub the floors like every week mm -hmm. or something like that. And I was just like, she worked. Oh, he said she worked. Yeah, she worked. She just worked and worked. And um, he had a. I think it was a older brother. Older? Was it older? I think it was older too. I know that it said he was born in 1945. That's all I remember. Okay, so uh, he had, I think, believe an older brother who his parents, or at least his dad, liked um, more, and so he would be a lot more competitive with his brother, um, and his dad would make them be more competitive. And then anytime Arnold would lose, he'd just be like, "Well." next better luck next time and all that shit and that kind of really stoked a um a really competitive fire in him and i think that really laid down how he kind of thinks especially today of where it's more about um doing something instead of just kind of sitting and um not and just thinking about like all the bad things and not really going for that vision anymore it's more about like oh i gotta stop over here first oh i gotta go over here it's about him not making pit stops and just keep on going for that goal and keep on moving keep on making yourself work um and maybe if you're just so consumed by work then you won't be able to think about all those depressive thoughts the theory. So, do you agree with him, Nas? Do you? Uh, as I told you in the pre-production meeting, mm -hmm. it's like a lot of people are going to see that scene and probably like yeah. shit on him. Oh, you're just privileged, and uh, oh, that's you're a man, and you can just do that, or oh, you're making fun of like people with mental health issues, or I feel like people are going to yeah. take offense to that scene. Um, and if we think about it. You know, that's how, I, that's how I grew up. That's how I was also trained. I remember my supervisor at a university, also my therapist at the time, because I didn't have no money to afford it. And uh, I didn't even know I needed it until she sat me down. She's like, you're you're, you're taking this. And I was like, okay, uh, I guess. And so we're just going to sit and cry for two hours. Um, and she goes, I get it now. So I said, what? You don't need no help and you're tough and this and that. And I get it. You ain't got time for that. You know, that's that's other people's issue. That's people with money or, or white folks that are fluent. They can talk about their feelings and all that. You got shit to do. You got your family to work with and take care of. I know you're busy. She said it's going to kill you. It's going to kill you. Um, and so if you think about it, a lot of us uh, of lower socioeconomic status, doesn't matter what race or gender, we have time to sit in those feelings and emotions. A lot of the single moms out there, single dads, single parents, Specifically, I'm going to go with single moms as, you know, as my mom. She ain't got time to worry about that shit. Hmm. She got to go to work. She got to hustle. She got to make money. There's, there's no time. 
especially if you're a person of color and you're making less money on the dollar. All right, you got statistically, whether you agree with it or not, statistics show that white women make about 70 cents on the dollar compared to dudes. Uh, and then women of color are making like 40 and 30 cents on the dollar. Um, it's pretty drastic things when you think about it. Mm. You look at some of these other poorer countries, right? They're just trying to make it, trying to live. They don't have time to sit in any emotions. Do I agree with what he says? Yes. Do I want to agree with it? No, because I wish technically we could all like work on our emotional healing and be mindful and then also grind. Uh, he's really good at distracting himself. Yeah. He's really good at compartmentalizing. He did not show really any emotion in any of those scenes. Uh, when he talks about his mother's death, his father's mm -hmm. death, his brother's death, and you think he's going to show it with his best friend. And that's the most emotional you get is one scene uh, that we're going to put in a reel. Yep. So when he talks about his best friend dying, yep. that's it. But it's not much. Um, you know, I think he just, uh, he's one of those folks. If you feel it, you're probably going to feel like you're going to die. So what do you do? You just hide it away and grind. Mm-hmm. I used to visualize, literally visualize myself putting my head in the dirt and just getting my upper, like my head would be safe, mm -hmm. but the rest of my body would just get beat to shit. That's what mm -hmm. life felt like. And then eventually I said, I'll lift my head up and I'll see if it's okay. And then I realized it wasn't okay. So I put my head back in the dirt. Hopefully two, three more years will go by. Things will be okay. Um, Sounds fucked up, but that's how I could compartmentalize things. You just need to grind and work, grind and work. Hopefully you get a little bit of luck. And then I got a lot of bad luck and then I got some good luck and then everything's okay now. So I get what he's talking about because I've done it. Do I fully agree with it? Yes and no. I think a lot of people will be able to relate to that scene if you look past some of his identities. Well, you look back, kind of how he pushes off, you know, he pushes it off like it's a it's a feminine thing or it's like, oh, I'm hurt or right. a snowflake type of vibe. No, 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 no. I get it. So quick story and I'm done. I was talking to some colleagues the other day. Uh, I'm not going to give out any demographics or anything like that, but uh, they were saying, you know, same thing. Their experience from their identities is that we ain't got time for it. That's not a thing where we come from. It's not a thing. And I know it's bad that, you know, we we didn't should talk about trauma or ADHD or anxiety where we come from, but but it's just not a thing. People are working. You look at all the Latinos working in these farms and fields, they ain't talking about that shit, man. They're grinding, trying to make money for their kids, trying to have a better life. And so I get what he's saying. Last thing. It's a different mindset as someone that's international. He talks about it, about on, on the thing, I'm not worried about the racial things or this stuff. I'm just happy to be here. I'm grinding the American dream. Yeah. He has the right to his opinion and his perspective, especially being international. Uh, I respected his statement, even though there was a little sassiness in it about people always wanting to be the victim. Uh, I'm telling you, if, I'm cool with you playing the victim and being it, but we can't sit there. You can't sit there. I need you. I need you to go. Yeah. But you got to work on something, Spence. Your mental health, 
or you got to start fighting back, but we're not going to just sit there because then you're just going to die there in your, in your puddle of tears. And we can't, I'm not, my clients won't do that. Right. I will and love I you think, to death. Go ahead. And I think that's the point really, right? It's like, even in therapy and things like that, you're trying to work towards something. You're trying to get to a certain point in your life where you don't need therapy anymore, right? You're building yourself up and yes, we need to have some attitude kind of talking about it. But at the same time, he, he's like, he said, he just doesn't have time for any of that. And when you're working as a therapist with one of your clients, you're trying to get to the root of the problem, right? And mm-hmm. sure, you may take some roads here and there to like kind of distract them, things like that. And yeah, side quests, right? And so that's fine. But at the same time, you're trying to get to the get to that goal. So you don't need therapy anymore. Because if you if you keep on going to therapy and you're not really making progress, then what are we doing? Yeah, what's the point? It's kind of like the shrinking movie that we showed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and me and Lakeith were talking about, I don't know how long I could have worked with her as a client, continuously mm-hmm. getting abused with her partner for two years. Yeah. We would have had a conversation within that year, 100%. Um, you know, I collect data, I collect data. And, you know, I tell people, hey, something's not working out here in this job, this relationship. And I, one of my things I like to do, Spence, is I like to tell them, uh, so tell me something. They go, what? How long we got? What do you mean? How long we got until we quit? What? I didn't talk about quitting. I said it's a matter of time. Hmm. Well, how long until we got until y'all break up? I didn't talk about breaking up. So from what you've told me, you're not breaking up? Mm-hmm. Emotionally, you are not on the same patterns. And communication-wise, you're not on the same patterns. Good person. Good person. Treats mm-hmm. you well. But he also doesn't listen with the shit. Mm-hmm. And you don't feel open enough to talk to them about anything. You've known them for a year. I've known them for a year. But yeah, you can't even tell them that you've been to therapy. Something's wrong. Right. Uh, and so when's the timestamp on this thing? And as soon as I start talking about the timestamp or the uh, uh, what, TBD or the dead on arrival or like, you know, killed in action. Yeah. Like, when is the, the timestamp on this shit? Mm-hmm. Like, why would you say it like that? Because it sounds like from what you want in life, this is not the job, person, entity, grades. This is not the vision that you had for yourself. Is this the vision that you had? No. So Arnold will tell you, what the fuck are you doing? Mm -hmm. Arnold's not going to tell you to live with that, right? Arnold sees, I can do better. Mm -hmm. And obviously I get it. There's some bad stuff about Arnold here and there, right? And he messed over his family. He's He's a human being. Well, he made sacrifices because he's also very obsessive as well, like his mother. Oh, yeah. And he made a lot of sacrifices. And so, you know, he hurt some of the people closest to him. As I tell people, though, if you want to get to your highest goals in the world, you will have to be obsessed. And you'll have to be a little bit crazy. And if you are neurodivergent, you're ready for it. (laughs) (laughs) You're ready for it, homie. So we can do this. Uh, but I'll die alone, but you'll have everything you've ever wanted. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> you can still just have... fade into the mist. <laughs> yeah. You can still have friends too, people. Don't don't act like jackasses. You can still have friends. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. what about before we move on or anything? Yeah. Do you agree? 
with like, hey, man, I ain't got time. I, I got to go. I got to go. I got to do. I got to go. Or yeah. or do you also on my thing where like there's a balance? I, I think there's a balance. Um, it's because not everybody's going to. For me, it doesn't like I think he loved his family in his own way. But at the same time, it does kind of come off as like, you know, like. I, I don't really it, it felt like more of like the family they had in the US was more of his family and more people mm-hmm. that you could actually open up to um and really be connected with, right? Because it didn't feel like um his family in Austria was really someone he could really open up to because they didn't even believe in, you know, him being a any bodybuilder. Yep. Any nothing, right? And so um so I think his reaction to his parents and his brother dying, um, it kind of makes sense in a way, um, because maybe he just didn't have that connection with them, um, which I'm like, you know what? Hey, I'm not going to make fun of you for that. Cause it's maybe you just didn't have that big of a connection with them. Maybe, yeah. um, it happens. Right. Um, but like I've said before, my mom, her sister passed away and she didn't really take the time to really delve deep into that and really mourn. Um, she went right back into work and, you know, working, working, working. And she felt like she kind of, uh, regretted making that decision. Um, because she just, it it didn't really ever come out until later, um, like her emotions about it. And, you know, it, it makes sense to me. I mean, just kind of keep on working. It's a tough thing to do to put something on the back burner of your mind, especially when it's a loved one like that. That's a tough thing to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think his mental space personally is just on a whole other level because the fact that like his i think his father had a heart attack one time well before he was about to um go and be in a bodybuilder competition yep um and he was like yeah i'm not coming back home i have i need to do this like i have to do this um because he has that goal and he wants to get to it right and um so levels to yeah and and that's the thing like i agree with him somewhat but at the same time i think you do there are moments where you have to take time and decompress and not focus on one thing. You have to focus just on yourself um, instead of just a goal. It's mainly focusing on yourself um, and how can you get better? Because sometimes just going forward and just working isn't always going to be the best for you and yep. maybe even for the people around you, honestly. Um, as we kind of saw um, with his family, you know, maybe that maybe some of it wasn't the best decisions he did the best he could but at the same time you know i bet his kids wished he they had more time with their dad so he wasn't as he was so driven by his obsessions that the people around him most likely suffered Mm -hmm. and a therapist would say that he suffered because he didn't get the love that he wanted he talks about you know after his mother died what did i do this for am i still trying to get my mother's approval and maybe yeah. it was, maybe it was dad's approval, but I just think it, there's an emptiness there. Mm-hmm. But we'll get into that into the next scene because there's some interesting diagnoses that could be going on. Uh, yeah. And then it just, yeah. So the next scene kind of like ties everything together. So last scene that we're going to be talking about um, is where Arnold 
um, is trying to hone his craft of acting, right? Um, one of the directors uh, for a big movie that's going to be coming out tells him that he has a few months to um, take acting classes and show him really what he has. And so uh, Arnold goes to this uh, teaching or actor coach and he, yeah, yeah, we'll say that. Um, And he really tries to get Arnold to delve deep into his emotions and uh, find a way to actually bring them up to express them instead of just holding them down and not thinking about them. He wants him to think about his father, his mother, his brother, um, and bring that to the screen um, whenever he's acting. And I feel like at this point, he's finally, he finally understood that you can't just be, uh, you can't just be stoic. You can't just be, yep. I'm a bodybuilder. I'm a big guy. That's it. Especially when you want to be a star, um, especially during, like he said, in the 1970s, where you have uh, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Dustin Hoffman, Dustin amazing actors, right? Um, you can't just be emotionless. You actually have to evoke some type of emotion when you're on the screen. Um and so he finally builds up to it and um he realized he needed to bring out those emotions and he does and um yeah and then it's just from there that's when his career really started um forgot the movie title but um that's when his career finally blossomed because he could actually come out and you know be someone who actually has some type of emotion on their face instead of just being emotionless and having less emotion than a horse in a movie. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yes. So Nas. Yeah. How would you get how would you get someone in touch with their emotions in a healthy way so that they can actually express them? Sorry, that's what that acting coach is trying to do. They're like, hey, dude, you're a fucking rock. You're a dud. <laughs> so yeah. you have a heavy accent and you're emotionless? Like, yeah, come on, man. No. Uh, so before we get into that, there's multiple things that could be going on. Maybe he had some anxiety, but I don't think he had anxiety. I don't think he was overthinking. I think he was a very expressionless individual. One could mm-hmm. say that he had a lot of neurodivergent characteristics. We know that his mom has like this cleaning fixation or this thing. We know that his dad was extremely depressed um, and defeated because of the war and all that stuff. And it, it looks like looks like Pops, might have, Pops was a Nazi. Yeah. In Austria. And so we see there's a lot of anger issues. There's some drinking issues. So that can traumatize a dude. That can traumatize a kid. So we're going to say that he has a lot of trauma and some probably a lot of, you know, neurocognitive issues growing up and so maybe that's where his obsessions come from um maybe it comes out of wanting to impress his mom and his dad maybe he was getting beat definitely verbal abuse um oh no he was getting beat he even said that like everyone in the neighborhood was getting beat because oh you're right i lost the war i remember that all the fathers became like drunks and stuff like that Um, so he's getting beat yeah Yeah. so a lot of emotional stuff that can mess a kid up that can make a kid completely shut down all emotions. So let's go to trauma route. 
probably a trauma yeah. depression route. Um, a lot of walking on eggshells around his father and trying to please people and stuff like that. So you can see where this appetite of wanting to be the best can come from because you feel so little and you're such abuse. And so being big and tough and strong, no one can ever fuck with you. If you were to sit down in therapy with him, if he would never be open, but if he was, mm-hmm. I guarantee you the only person that could probably really get him to preach, to talk, to squeal, mm-hmm. to go into the real emotions would be his wife or his most likely his best friend that passed. Yeah. Um, okay. That'd probably be the only person that could really get to him to like speak on some things. Um, but he feels neurodivergent at times, just emotionless, uh, one version of a neurodivergent folks on the spectrum, just not really good at affect, no real facial expression, just kind of stoic, chill, right? He's thinking and moving. He's really good at talking shit. He's definitely got a little bit of ADHD. Definitely. Cause he's Uh everywhere and he's saying shit and doing stuff, right? He's quick witted, very quick. He's got him playing tricks and manipulating people in a good way. Um, so he's highly, highly intelligent. Uh, I he gives me neurodivergent vibes in his early years uh, and then obviously afterwards he doesn't so it's just something interesting to point out um, so now him acting this coach this coach was like hey man you gotta give me something you gotta dig deep you gotta, you gotta think about something I need to know your story I need to know who you are so that guy technically therapized his ass yeah Totally. And they're like, hey, man, you got to tap into this. You got to start using this shit. Um, yeah. Kind of like Gene Cousineau. From Barry. Coos. From Mr. the Coos. HBO series Barry, which we did a podcast on. Um, yes. And you just got to tap into it. You got to start speaking with some emotion, some rawness, because people want people. That's what people buy. And a coach goes, yeah. after one acting scene, I had goosebumps. Hmm. Um. You know, when I talk, people, if I'm in story mode, some of my mm-hmm. students will break down and cry just from the stories. Like when I'm in my authentic story mode, people are like latched in. Uh, when I'm in my meditation mode, I can get people to fall asleep. I can get people to ASMR stuff to get them goosebumps and the hair standing. Mm-hmm. It's all about invoking these emotions. Sometimes it's, and you, you need facial expressions. Um for some people, it's not going to happen. Some people like me, it's music. Uh, hmm. There's certain frequencies in music that make me freak out. There's, there's a certain chord. I can just hear one chord from a piano or violin, and it'll make me deregulate, and I'll start crying. Just one chord. I can hear a million other ones, nothing. But one specific hmm. chord, I'm gone. Um, so him, where I'm too much in my emotions, who I used to be, better now, He's not touching them at all. So those of you who are watching the podcast on the YouTube side, so I have a microphone that is of color. Uh, it illuminates different colors. So imagine this being a, a wire of electricity. Imagine this color part being electricity. You have humans like him, that hand is off of that. It's not touching it, right? They're not getting shocked. There's no danger of themselves feeling any of that electricity pulsing through the body. And then you have a lot of my clients that high emotions, cry at a lot of stuff, angry at a lot of stuff. They're holding on to that wire and it's live. It's illuminating mm-hmm. through them and coursing through their body. So that's when I start to teach my students how to be let go of the wire. Because you're grabbing onto that motherfucker and it's it's electrifying you. Mm-hmm. 
his acting coach is trying to get him to grab onto the wire. Yeah. So so that's what we're talking about. If you heard any ruffling and stuff like that, it's because I was actually touching the microphone. Yeah. I've had clients think about this in different ways. Uh, I've had some where they imagine themselves holding a balloon. And so instead of holding onto the balloon, they, when they needed to let go of those toxic emotions, they let go of it and let it fly mm-hmm. into the air and disappear. One of my kids said, oh, no. I said, what? She said, I let go of the balloon, and now it's just going to end up like uh, pollution. And like it's just going to land in somewhere in some garden, probably kill a turtle or something. I'm like, Jesus Christ, kid. We're getting too literal here. Yeah, it's we're, going getting, down. we're getting lost in the weeds here, kid. It's uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. Worrying about the wrong things here. <laughs> the wrong things. We try, we try not to cry. <laughs> Technically, <laughs> you worried about you know turtles now. You know, it's good. Yeah, but then she's going to cry about them turtles. I know. It's over. Uh, so think about that, folks. Is Many of you that are neurodivergent want to become more emotional. You want to become better communicators with your partners uh, mm-hmm. because they're thinking, well, you don't even love me because you don't care. No, I, I love you. I've told you I loved you. I just don't show it. Mm-hmm. I show it through the things that I do for you. I show it for the little small things that I may buy. I show it by how I may cook or get things ready. Or I, maybe I'll say that you're beautiful, but I might not say I'm always in love with you. There's certain things that some people are good at. Some others aren't. And then you got right. your others, like a lot of my clients. That break down a lot and they feel like they're crazy and broken and that no one will ever love them because they're too much. And they're holding on to that wire all the time. So I love this scene because it shows that this therapy thing kind of worked. He got in touch with his emotions. He can do it and put on a better human face. Yeah. It also shows that it's fine to be stoic in certain professions like bodybuilding. That high performance is going to be a lot of neurodivergent folks. I've got a lot of powerlifters I work with, Olympic folks. It takes a certain amount of obsession and pain tolerance uh, to do that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And you don't need a lot of emotions. You're just grinding in your own, own head. It's uh, why Vicky probably liked track. Yeah. It's just not, no. well, technically she did the relays, but so it is team-oriented. But it's a lot of like self-performance. Right. Why am I talking about this? Because if you are neurodivergent and you struggle with some of these social things or facial things or communication things, there's jobs that maybe you can go away from. Shit, I brought something up to you the other day, Spence. I was like, hey, maybe you try this one job. And you're like, nah, man, I'm not doing that type of job. Or talking with people like and managing them. And like you're like, no, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not doing that. I was like, oh, facts. After I thought about it, I was like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I passed that now. Tried it. Didn't like it. Nope. Yep. He's like, yeah, I'm not a manager of people. I was like, yeah, Valen, I, I got you. You got to be, yeah. you got to be a certain type of personality. You got to be a wooer. You also, you also have to have like your engine on at all times. And I can't do that. I can't, I have to shut it off yep. or else it's going to overheat. Burn out. Can't do it. Yep. Yeah. If I, I'll burn out quicker. <laughs> so, like I can burn out, but if I burn, like if I really have to, um, do that to be like a people, people, people person. Like I can be a people person, but I can't do it all my career or else I'd be like, well, yeah, that last podcast, was it the last one or the one before I was like, bro, you good. And you're like, yeah, I'm good. I just was out talking all day yesterday. Now my voice is yeah. shot. It's like Jesus. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My voice was 
gone. Gone. You said Dom's voice was gone too. So there's only so much peopling you can do. Yeah. And she does way more talking than me because she's one of those people that like bounce around and ask people how they're doing and check in Mm -hmm. on them and stuff like that. Or it'll be like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen you in forever. Let's talk. I'll be like, I'm done. (laughs) How are you doing? Hey, Bobby. I I tell them to come to me. I don't go to them. They come to me. Yeah. I'm (laughs) the prize. I'm the prize. You want a conversation? I'll give you one. But I ain't walking to you. No. Interesting stuff with him, man. I, uh, if not for that acting coach working on his emotions and getting in touch with him, he wouldn't have been as good as father. Not saying he was the best father, but he would have been a worse father if, if not for those him going into acting. Yeah. I'm not saying that you need to be the most physically expressive person to be a good father, but you do need to understand some of your emotions and actually connect with them. You can't be shut mm-hmm. off with them because your kids are going to pick up on that and they're not going to feel the love. So, so they need to be able to see the love. Um, and so I'm being, being cautious on how I say some of these things. Cause I know there's a lot of neurodivergent people that kind of act like him when he was younger. Right. And one of our, my best friend and Colin, one of our retired co-hosts, you know, oh, he's not he officially biggest... retired now. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's, I'm telling you, he's coming back, he's coming back. All right. You said that like two months ago. And yeah. I... yeah. We're probably going to wait until like she, she gets a little bit older. <laughs> 18 yeah yeah maybe um (laughs) just married with their own kids uh but there was fear that he wouldn't be able to communicate with his kid and do things and be pleasant like the kid wouldn't love him missing that and now this fucking guy is like non-stop the kid's like a personal fidget toy right non-stop playing talking baby voices he literally he says this 50 times every phone call what are you doing crazy like that yeah yeah literally just like that what are you doing quady he says it to the girl recently that strong say that i, t- I know. have nothing to say he <laughs> said he caught himself the other day at work like doing baby talk and i was like jesus <laughs> <laughs> he's like talking to his superior <laughs> officer what are you doing quady <laughs> would you say soldier nothing do you have the nuclear codes oh here you are quady <laughs> <laughs> Um, you want those codes, don't you? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Oh, you got it. <laughs> uh, it's it's a good scene. Uh, there's many different ways you can therapize it. I, I I like that we got to diagnose him a little bit in there. Oh, yeah. Definitely a little bit OCD. Definitely a little bit of ADHD. A shit ton of trauma, folks. Um, yeah. But there's this resiliency and willing tenacity willingness to not die to not give up to not become a victim of his circumstances which he could have done and he had the right to give up right all of us can learn something from that um as you read one of these books it's a book written by a psychiatrist a very famous book uh that was in auschwitz Uh, oh um the, the meaning of man or the making of man I can't think of it right now, but he was a psychiatrist uh, from Auschwitz and and the meaning of man, maybe the purpose of man, but it's about, I remember one key quote is like, when your mind gives up, that's it. Hmm. Your body dies. And he said, people there, they would just give up mentally and they would be gone the next day. Because why everyone has their breaking points. And I think about that, you know, how much can you endure? 
I'm not telling you to continuously be a, a victim and, and allow for abuse. I'm saying like grab life by its metaphorical balls and go do what you got to do. Take the reins. Go get it done. Go take your happiness. That shit will not come to you. Arnold was lucky in a lot of situations, Spence, but also he fucking worked. He got himself to America. He worked his ass off to do that. And he even said it. He even said it himself. He said that he couldn't have done it without people around him to really help him along the way. Um, because, yeah, he said he even admitted himself he did not do this on his own. He did not get to where he is on his own. He had a lot of help from a lot, a lot of people. Help. So, um, yeah. sadly, a and, lot of them died. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they all looked older in the fucking past yeah. photos they showed. I was like, they're all older. Yeah. He was just a kid, man. It was sad that his friend died, though. That was really sad, actually. Yeah. It was, it was all sad. But I guess when you get older, and this is a sad way to end it, but you yeah. start to lose people, man. Like, legit lose people. Yeah. Life life can be hard. It can be wonderful, but it also can be very hard. So, I guess you may live long. If you live long enough, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to feel some pain. But it looks like he's still happy as pigs and shit. And he's got his horses, his cigars. He's got his children, right? I mean, he's doing his thing as best as he can at 75. He's killing it for 75. Yeah. Killing it. And still, like, working out and all that shit. Just put heavy weights, too. Yeah. Not light work. He's doing heavy weights. So. He's... He said, I seen that wrinkle under my boob. And he's like, can I get that cut off? Or like, what do I do with that? I'm like, and he's just like, yeah, fuck it. You know what? That's me now. What it's me now. I'm just going to work out just to make sure I'm staying healthy. But I don't need those big, 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 big muscles. Yeah. Different phase. I was glad that yeah. I watched it today. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of documentaries uh, because I have to actually watch it where TV shows yeah. you can passively do other things. And so uh, if it takes my attention, I have to watch. Uh, yeah. So it was good. It was definitely good. Uh, yeah. Now I just have to fuck, go back and finish the last dance. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it came out during COVID. Yeah, I know. I'll get to it. <laughs> All right. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to put this out there for this podcast. I think one day we're going to meet Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think we're going to do it. I the think, visual? Yeah. I think we'll meet him. I'm going to put that out there. Because, right. uh, you know what? Shaking that strong man's hands back. Like, Jesus Christ. Crushing yeah. my fucking hand. Um, Can yeah. I see your boob wrinkle? <laughs> <laughs> you talked about it so much. I would right. love to see it. So fond of it. <laughs> <laughs> I just want one peak. One peak. Yeah. To uh-huh. One touch. Boob muscle. <laughs> no, yeah, um, it's you got to put crazy things out there, man. Because yeah, if you don't put it out in the universe, oh, here's a cool tactic, and probably people have checked out from the pod, maybe now. But uh, you're like thirty to forty percent more likely to accomplish your goals if you write them down. Physically, write them down. Uh, you are statistically thirty percent more likely to accomplish it. So, if you want to be a professional podcast and make money and save lives, then write it down. If you want to be straight A's, write it down. If you want to become one of the number one soccer players, football players, basketball players. You just want to get a B in your class. You just want to make it out of high school and not die. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe get a journal, write it down. That's how I end that today. Yeah. Okay. Um, before we go, favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Uh, I think the one I was most like mesmerized by was the Eraser. The oh, guns were the like shooting. That's a good one. They were shooting those cool looking bullets and uh, yeah. And I would say the 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 coolest one would be uh, that would be my favorite one. But like the obviously the coolest one is like you know when he's Mister Freeze and Batman. So that I means it's pretty cool. Um, that's fair. That's fair. Mm. Yeah, I'm probably gonna go. Those would probably be my top two. And Turbo Man's in there, right? Terminator's in there somewhere. Turbo. Twins is in there because a lot, you know, I kind of right. felt like that was me and Salim for a while because I'm they're the two same people except for I'm six two and like I've got a doctor and Salim's like five foot, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, so that's fair. Man. Yeah, I can see that. The last action hero was a good one too. Okay. Um, which he said in the movie that it didn't do well in theaters yep. and stuff. I was like, I actually really like that movie. Like, critics are going off on it. I was like, that was yeah. the point. It was like a satirical movie yep. about action heroes, whatever. Um, I'd probably say my favorite, True Lies. Um, okay. Definitely one of my favorites, talking about a spy and how he has to like lie to his family and stuff while he's oh, fighting. Oh, yeah, I saw terrorists. that. Yeah, that was with that girl. Yeah. Yep. Yep, yep. And she so, just recently won an Emmy, uh, an Oscar, an Emmy, right? And she's I old as dirt. Yeah. Old yeah, she as just... dirt. Jesus Christ. Old as dirt. Sorry, Fucking Jamie lady. Lee Curtis. Jamie Jeez. Lee Curtis, old as dirt. Fine as hell, though, in her heyday. Let me tell you something. Yeah. Fine as hell. Yeah. Um, I take Arnold, then, yeah. but okay. Uh, and, of course, a special place in my heart for Jingle all the way. Uh, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right. That is it for today, everyone. Thank you for joining us. If you've lasted this long, appreciate it. Um, Like we said before, go check out Bub's Naturals, Cure Hydration. Get the code DSP20 to get 20% off your entire order. Also, don't forget to check out our merch right there. Uh, We have all different types of things. Just added a few. Um, Yeah. Um, thank you for joining us. Also, remember uh, to hit our link tree up. Please. Uh, yes, and then get those self-help resources, um, yep. all those things, because um, they're there for you. Check them out. for you to enjoy. Worksheets, like I said, I forgot to tell people, there's coloring things in there if you want to color. There's little dot-to-dot things because they had a student that said they wanted them and they didn't want to pay for them, so I went and I pirated them. So they're there for you. There you go. See, yeah. look at that. Maybe they should have tipped you after putting them in. Yeah, I tipped <laughs> you. I tip, I tip it right over. <laughs> tip it, tip it, tip <laughs> And like I said before, we have more guests coming on. So check those out. Um, we had some great talks with some great people last week mm-hmm. and for this month. Um, so go please check those out. Um, we have somebody from Canada coming. So if you like Canada, come watch the show. If not, Go watch the other ones. It's go fine. Go watch the other people from around the U.S. We got people from Cali, New York, yeah. K- Kentucky, Ohio, Michigan, and then I know we're gonna have a bunch of people on from the U.K. So, yeah, goddamn Brits. We're gonna have to get one of these Canadians. I know I'm th- one of them is Canadian. Uh, it has to be. Let's do Austin Powers for the Brits. Let's just. Oh Jesus! <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. There's that All one right, where people. his teeth are fixed. Oh, yeah. And then he goes back in time, and then they're fucked up again. Yeah. 
<laughs> Don't worry, folks. We have so many more movies to talk about. So we'll never run out of material. No. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us. I'm Spencer. That's Nas. This is a different Spectrum's podcast. Bingo. Bye. Much love, people. Take care of yourselves.